And we're looking forward to hearing main currents coming up in about a minute. 30 seconds to be exact. Time enough for you you to know a little bit about our weather coming up. We're going to be looking at uh, some possible rain on Friday, it looks like. Uh, I've lost my place here. The Internet is always kind to you when you need to go fast. Well, we're not going to get to the weather, so let's go right to main currents. And this is Maine Currents, independent local news, views, and culture for Wednesday, August 24th, 2016. I'm your host, Amy Brown. We're reconvening our multipartisan panel of area residents today and continuing with our discussion of the upcoming elections. As always, we'll keep things civil with each other and treat each other like neighbors, despite our political differences. And unfortunately, listeners, we're still unable to invite you to call in and join us because the phone system here is still being repaired. There are details about the aftermath of the July 23rd lightning strike here at the station on our website and on our Facebook page. If you'd like to know more, we even have some pictures up there. As we go to air today, we're broadcasting from our production studio while engineers are working on the problem. But I'll be watching my email during the show. If you have any questions or comments, you can email news at weru.org. We'll try to get as many of those on the air as we can. Or if, like last time, we get only one, we probably will almost definitely get it on the air. Hopefully, we'll hear from more of you this time. Again, that's news at weru.org if you'd like to uh send in a comment for the show. We've also put a post on the WERU Facebook page and pinned it to the top that's about this program. If you want to make a comment there, we'll be watching that as well. Please only use that location on the Facebook page because I'll be trying to find your comments with my phone and it's hard to navigate if they're posted in different places. So news at weru.org or facebook.com slash weru.fm. Also, uh, we had to postpone our planned discussion of the uh, ballot question about legalizing marijuana that's going to be on Maine's ballot in November until next time this group meets, which will be in two weeks. We had to do that because our guests were going to be joining us by phone, and as I said, the phone lines aren't working. So join us on September 7th for that discussion. So let's uh, get started. We'll do a go-round of introductions, have each of my guests here in the studio introduce themselves so you'll know their voices. They're going to say a little bit about themselves, which candidates they support, and why, a few lines about why they support them. Uh, who wants to go first? I'll go first. All right. This is Renee. Hi, I'm Renee Trust <coughs> from uh, town of Franklin, Hancock County. Um, right. Amy found me from the Hancock County Republican Committee. Am I doing this right? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I've since then evolved into a Republican-leaning libertarian. Really, I just think for myself. I registered with the Libertarian Party to help them uh, get on the ballot so that um, the two-party rule could have a little bit of competition. And I'm here with a bunch of friends, and um, this has been fun. So take it away, Dave. <laughs> Uh, my name is Dave Gulia. I'm from Blue Hill. I am the Hancock County at-large state representative to the Maine GOP. I am voting for Donald J. Trump for president because Mr. Trump will end government corruption in the era of nation building, instead focusing on destroying ISIS and radical Islamic terrorism. A Trump administration will reject globalism and put America first. Mr. Trump promises it's going to be America first from now on. A Trump administration will renegotiate NAFTA, withdraw from the TPP, Stand up to China on our terrible trade agreement and protect every last American job. Mr. Trump can do this by putting people back to work and ending the Obama-Clinton war on the American worker. Farmers, coal miners, and steel workers will all go back to work. Mr. Trump will work on reforms to support our family farms and boost agricultural production in America. Mr. Trump will achieve this by hiring a pro-farmer, pro-American energy head of the EPA. The Trump administration will reduce crime and restore law and order. A central issue to law and order is having a secure immigration system. To this end, the Trump administration will temporarily suspend immigration from any place where adequate screening cannot be performed. All applicants for immigration will be vetted for ties to radical ideology, and we will screen out anyone who doesn't share our values and love our people. Mr. Trump will build a wall. Mr. Trump will make his, this government of the people once again by promoting our American values, our American way of life, and our American system of government. This country will be brought together by emphasizing what we all have in common as Americans, that every American will be treated equally, every American will be protected equally, and every American will be honored equally. 
This begins by rejecting bigotry and hatred and oppression in all of its forms, and by seeking a new future of security, prosperity, and opportunity. A future built on our common culture and values as one American people. Mr. Trump knows that our children are our future, and he will work as hard as he can so that every American child in this country will have access to the ladder of American success, a good education, and a good-paying job. Mr. Trump will repeal and replace Obamacare with reforms that give you choice and freedom and control in health care at a much lower cost. Mr. Trump realizes that middle-class Americans are taxed extremely unfairly and will work to massively cut tax rates for workers and small businesses, creating millions of new good-paying jobs and make it easier for young Americans to get the credit they need to start a small business and pursue their dreams. Mr. Trump knows that the Obama-Clinton administration has betrayed our veterans and every day veterans are dying waiting for the care they need. The Trump administration will see that we never allow a veteran to die waiting for the care. Trump administration is committed to rebuilding our depleted military, and he recognizes that the best way to keep our troops out of harm's way and to keep our nation out of preventable conflicts is by living the creed set forth by Ronald Reagan that we must seek peace through strength. In closing, I encourage you to vote Donald J. Trump for president if you seek to ensure a thriving economy, establish a strong border, rebuild a powerful military, promote a peaceful nation, and advocate a rising standard of living. All right. Thanks, Dave. Ken, do you want to go next? Sure. Uh, Ken Gleason's my name. I'm, uh, I'm strongly supporting the Democratic uh, candidate, Hillary Clinton. Um, my background is basically being an independent for decades. Um, but I, uh, I feel uh, this is a very important decision this election year, and I'm, uh, I'm joining the, uh, the team that best represents my values and my hope for uh, for the future. Uh, I was I was very much happy with Bernie and uh, and glad to see. Uh, sorry that he didn't make it, but glad to see that he's jumping into the uh, the fight in the Democratic Party with all fours. And uh, that's enough for me, I guess, right now. Thanks oh. for listening. Thanks, Ken. Hi, Betsy, this is Betsy Gerald. I'm former state party chair for the Green, Maine Green Independent Party. And my big news this week is that just a week ago, I was hired by the Stein Baraka campaign to be their New England coordinator for the ground game. So I'll be doing that full time plus until November 11th. I'm really, really happy to be on the Stein Baraka team. Uh, the only party that's talking about people, the planet and peace over profits. All right. Thanks all for joining us. And Renee, you want to add something? Yeah. Yeah. Do I get to go again? Um. Yeah, you didn't say that much. So if you want to add something, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just um, wanted to say that you know Gary Johnson and Bill Weld are the adults in the race. I heard that on the radio this week, and um, people ought to be looking at them pretty hard. They're they're um, that the libertarian cam- candidates. Yeah, they're campaigning a lot right here in the state of Maine, and. Um, they have a good message. They are the only candidates with executive experience, both of them. All right. So nobody's changed parties. I was going to ask that. <laughs> no one's uh, switched candidates or anything since last time we met. It's been two whole weeks. Uh, uh, oh, and I should mention that Tim Wilson, our usual uh, Bernie Sanders supporter, is not with us this week, but he will be coming back in a couple weeks, and uh, we're thinking of you, Tim. Yes, we miss you, Tim. Yes, definitely. So... Let's, uh, we have some subjects that the people in the room here have suggested that we're going to get to, but first I wanted to just have people talk about whether there's been anything in the news in the last couple of weeks that the candidates for president have said or done that has changed your opinions of them, reinforced your opinions of them, anything that you want to weigh in on, Betsy? Well, I just want to note that, that Jill has finally broken the media glass ceiling and has had... Uh, she and Ajamu, who her running mate, had a town hall meeting on CNN last Wednesday. She was on the Sunday morning talk shows on su- this Sunday. Um, she's been uh, Judy Woodruff interviewed her on PBS NewsHour. She, so uh, that that to me is the the best news that's come out of the mainstream media this this past week. Um. Yeah, Renee here. Actually, um, I thought Trump had a pretty good speech. Was it just last week? I I don't know what happened. Something, there was some sort of dust up in the campaign, I believe. And, um, (laughs) and he had some, he has some new handlers. Is that the case? Um, 
Anyway, a, a really fantastic speech came out of that, that that almost made me think that I was a Trump supporter, <laughs> just briefly. Um, <laughs> I mean, he sounded really good, and um, and I think when he connects um, on a genuine level like that, he sounded very genuine about, um, you know, owning up to his own mistakes, taking responsibility for his actions. That goes a long ways with me, so... Um, I really, my ears perked up when he did that. Well, you know, he's got a woman run, running his campaign now. Well, right? that would so explain that everything, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anything else? Any reactions to anything else you see? Go ahead, Ken. Uh, this isn't news, uh, Ken here, but I uh, happened to catch Jim Hightower a few days ago, and I liked what he said about the situation, which is, quote, uh, Bernie, the Bernie political revolution will not stop. This is the real thing. This is touching huge underlying inequities. And it has revolutionized the Democratic Party as we know it. That's paraphrasing, I guess I should say. Thanks. I just want to get – I'm, I'm being Tim here for a minute and saying uh, – reminding people that the Our Revolution kickoff is tonight at 9 o'clock. You can find a watching party. All, they're all over the area. I'm personally am going to be going to the Alamo Theater in Bucksport, um, and Bernie is going to be live broadcast addressing um, his followers, and I'm very interested to hear what he has to say. Yeah, I guess for shakeups in the this is Dave from Blue Hill. Uh, I guess the shakeups in the Trump campaign would be that he has accepted the resignation of Paul Manafort. Mm -hmm. uh, he will move now to just as campaign chairman and chief strategist. Um, he's pretty much completed his responsibilities. He was brought on to work with the delegates and get ready for the convention, which is what he specializes in. Uh, so that part is done. Um, so he would now move mostly into strategy. Um, also, uh, he's hired the Breitbart News executive, uh, Stephen Bannon. Uh, he's CEO of the campaign. And let's see. Oh, that's right. Uh, his new campaign manager, uh, Ms. Conway. And she has uh, quite, quite a great resume, and she's going to do a lot of great things for the campaign. Also, there were some local hires I was just trying to look up before uh, we got to this. Um, in Maine, they've hired Lauren LePage uh, as his coalition's director for Maine. And That's let me, Governor LePage's daughter. Governor LePage's Excellent daughter. Excellent choice. And uh, Leland Graves uh, as the deputy state director, and they will report to Christy Lee McNally, who was uh, Mr. Trump's main state director uh, before anyway. So. And there was some uh, talk that Roger Ailes, uh, the disgraced former Fox uh, he's CEO on as a or whatever, advisor. Is he on the Trump campaign as an advisor? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I, I think all the campaigns are ramping up. I know the the Stein campaign has uh, is adding new people every day. My the my, the spreadsheet that I have of who's been hired for staff is keeps getting longer every day. And this so there's lots of good um, strong. We're getting a lot of burners come over, and they are excellent organizers, and they have great energy, and we're putting them to work on the Stein campaign. So seventy five days to go. I know. <laughs> wow. And we have this panel will be meeting, I think, five more times before the election. Great. So uh, the other thing I wanted to ask before we get into the questions that you all had come up with was is about access to the debates. The first debate is coming up between the, the nominees is coming up on September 26th. And people might be surprised if any of you want to jump in and fill in some of the details about how the the bar is set for access to that. How that's set by a private group, sort of arbitrary number of fifteen percent, and it appears uh, we were talking about a Politico article that just came out, and from this Politico article that Gary Johnson, um, this is dated uh, August sixteenth, is by Bill Share. If Jill Stein wasn't in the the major network polls that this election committee is now going to accept as proof that they've reached the 15% because they are limiting which polls they will accept. They are saying that possibly Gary Johnson could get to 15%, but with her in there, they divide the uh, disaffected voters, as they call them in this article, or something, maybe not exactly those words, and neither one of them can get to 15% to reach that bar to make the debates. So first off, any thoughts that you have about that bar, how it's created, and secondly, whether 
the 15%, that arbitrary number makes sense, or if everyone who gets on the mm -hmm. ballots in at least most of the states should be included in the debate. Um, we'll take it from there. Just, just a Can't background question. Um, who Who is this deciding body? Okay, so I, that's what I was what just going to address. This is Betsy, and it's it's a private corporation controlled by Democrats and Republicans. It's a Commission on Presidential Debates. It's the name of it, but that makes it sound much more open and friendly than it really is. It's it's a. So and it they have decided on the five polls that they will look at. Um, to to for the fifteen percent. So it's a commission that's a private it's corporation? A pri yes. It's not, yeah, the the it's not the network. It's not. It's a private commission private. controlled. It's a commission that's composed of two Democrats and two Republicans. Ah. And so the Green Party's party line is that it would that we should include everyone in the nationally televised deba debates that have a statistical that there's a statistical possibility that they could win the electoral college. So it, once you get to the number of states, you're on ballots in the enough states so that you could statistically win the electoral college, then you should be on the debate stage. And and Jill is has been has been at that level for quite some time now. We just got officially on the ballot in the 33 third and 34th state, Missouri and Tennessee. Delaware has submitted their paperwork. We're expecting to be on the ballot in Delaware. So, I mean, and, and Gary Johnson, Mr. Johnson is, had, is well. on, yeah, would reach, that would be a, that would be a fair criteria, but because it is controlled by the two major parties. So, so you're suggesting an alternate criteria. Yes. Yes, a fair criteria. That, and how, how rigid is the one that the 15% of... Two Democrats and two Republicans control who gets on that stage. And if the American people were able to hear all the candidates, we might have a debate of some substance rather than just a, a bunch of bickering and name-calling. Can I just recommend that you go and watch the CNN town hall that Jill and Ajamu did last week, because those were two people who were talking about the real substance of the issues. The issues. Real serious. Like, like Mr. Johnson and, and Mr. Weld say, you know, the grown-ups in the room. And I, I don't want to I don't want to steal their <laughs> tagline, but it's such a good one. Yeah. And, you know, the, these, those four candidates are the, the, the the two libertarian candidates and the two green candidates are the ones that are really talking about the issues and have been all along. Another background question. Who decided who the commission would be? Is there any flexibility there of changing the... Do you want to tell the history? I, I actually don't know the history. Okay. Do you, Betsy? So, yeah. <laughs> well, number one, is there I've been any... watching this for a while. Yeah, all um, right. It used to be run by the League of Women Voters. So they used to be the ones that would work with the networks and schedule the televised debates. And then this commission came along and said, and I'm, I'm okay, I may not have the history totally right, but this is what I remember. The commission came along and developed these criteria and got the networks to agree to them, and the League of Women Voters kind of went, well, that's not fair. We're not going to have our name on this anymore, and went away. And so the, it, they kind of vacated the field and left it to this pretend commission. I'm editorializing now. I'm allowed to editorialize. Well, just, just, <laughs> yes, you've, you got to, you've got to say it's an editorialize. <laughs> yeah. No, no. You, you, you all can say to. whatever you want. <laughs> oh, okay. As long as you say it nice. You're not a newspaper. <laughs> yes, yes. Right, right. <laughs> no swearing. That's yeah. about the only rule. Right. Well, but, uh, but yeah, the, 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 the oligarchic, two duopoly, big major parties took it over, and, and the League of Women Voters ceded the field to them, and it's been like that ever since 1972. I want to say that may be going too far back. Well, and you well the fifteen percent is apparently only since the year two thousand. But one of the things you could when say when Ross is, Perot was on the stage, right. yeah. you could say that the networks could say no, we're not going to go along with these rules. But if the networks went around them, there's the possibility that one or both of the major party candidates would drop out and sure. not do the debate at sure. all. Yeah, yeah, and that's true. And and they also would you know they might be more stingy, stingy with their advertising dollars, which is really what it's all about for the networks. Because, you know, tr the Trump campaign and the Clinton campaign are going to dump a lot of money in these networks 
piggy banks over the next, how many days did you say? 75. 75. Well, I should have that on my whiteboard at home so I can start <laughs> to knock. Well, it's oh, change. I can eat down. and sleep again in 75 days, <laughs> 74 days. <laughs> Anybody else want to, Dave or Renee, do you want to weigh in on that? The debate and access to the debates? Uh, no, I, I think just where I stand, you know, the, they seem to have it pretty well defined. I mean, if they can meet the criteria, the, either the 15%, and I noticed uh, I was trying to find it in here. Um, and for trivia knowledge, Olympia Snow, former U.S. Senator, is a, on the board for the Commission for Presidential Debates. So there's a bit of trivia there for you. Oh. Take that as you you like. You have the other, the other three? <laughs> so you're comfortable well, with the 15% being the yeah, bar? Yeah, I think that. And like I said, I was trying, trying to find it, it going through. Uh, it did say something about the state being on the state ballots. So, I mean, I think, I think that's a, a neat bar to have. And unfortunately, this time it sounds like there's four at the present time that want to be on the in the debates. And we'll just have to see how, how it works out in the future. Would that be the total number if... Uh, if, say, the uh, criterion were changed or loosened for What do you mean? What, what total number are you talking about, Ken? How many? Uh, what's, what's the potential number of debaters by your criterion, Betsy? Well, example? I mean, it, four. well, four, four, right, four <laughs> right now, yes. Yeah, there is another. There's some independent guy that's just suddenly popped up on the radar. Oh, Vermin Supreme? <laughs> <laughs> no. <sorry. laughs> you love his hat, though. You've got to love his hat. <laughs> uh, no, there's, there's somebody who's just... Um, in the Midwest somewhere, just popped onto the scene, and I'm—I can't remember his name, but but he's not going to be—he's not going to be on enough ballots to even meet our my party's criteria for being in the debates. So, so you know, Mr. Johnson and Dr. Stein meet the criteria that I, I think Your is a perfectly criteria. fair one, right? But uh, they don't meet the the debate commission's criteria. We have a, an Yet. uneducated Yet. populace, and I think that if we had a debate with with all of the candidates that are in on ballots in a majority of the states, then it might serve to educate some of the people that don't really know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. And, and I do, and we were talking about this before we went on air, there, there are a lot more people paying attention this, this year than ever, ever before. I've got friends who have just been, or have been totally apolitical up until this time and, and are, you know, asking me for Stein signs or talking about the, the election, so... Let me just jump in here real quick because uh, 20 minutes has gone by that quickly. Wow. And I want to just remind <laughs> listeners that you're listening to Main Currents on WERU. And my guests in the studio today are our recurring panel. Uh, most of us have been meeting together since March. Every We'll be meeting every other week now up until the election to talk about the presidential elections and some of the local ballot issues and maybe uh, – at least one of the local campaigns. Uh, my name's Amy Brown. I'm your host. I'm joined by Renee Trust, who's a libertarian, Dave Gulia, who's a Trump-supporting Republican, and we have Ken Gleason with us today. He alternates with Steve Godso as our Hillary Clinton-supporting Democrat, and we have, I forgot what your title is, Betsy Gerald's with the Green Party. I'm the New England Regional Coordinator for the uh, Jill Stein campaign. All right. And as of today. As of a week ago. Yes. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. And, uh, yeah. and our hired. Bernie Thank Sanders supporter will be back in a couple weeks as well. We would love to hear from you. Unfortunately, listeners, we can't hear from you by phone right now. We had a lightning strike about a month ago. We are still repairing different components of the call-in phone system. But you can email news at weru.org. I'm checking the email as we go through the show. And you can also leave a comment on the post about this show that's up on WERU's Facebook page. Facebook.com slash WERUFM. Renee, you look like you were going to jump in the gym. Something to add to that. I, I love it how you're soft track. keyed into my um, body language. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, want, I just wanted to say something, you know, because, uh, you know, I'm out there in the world and, and uh, I run into people all the time. And when I tell somebody that I've changed my designation, they automatically say, ah, so you're voting for Gary Johnson. Which is very likely that I will, but I, what I want to tell people is that that doesn't, just because I changed my designation, I can still vote for anyone I want to vote for. And as a Republican, I was the same way. I vote my conscience, and I wish more people would do so. I, um, I'm still vetting all the candidates. I, I have not made a firm decision whatsoever. I'm paying attention. I'm doing my homework at this point. You know, I'm going to do that right up until the elections. 
I also would like here, to... Here, here, by the way. Yes, yeah, and, thank you. And, it, and it's amazing how many people think, oh, I'm registered Republican, I have to vote right. for Trump, or and I'm registered, yeah. It's also amazing how many people don't realize that you can leave it blank. If yes. I don't want to vote at the top of the ticket, I do not have to put anything in. And and as you're running down your ballot, if, you are, if you're not sure, you can abstain. Right. A- abs- abstaining is a vote, and, and I... And I you know, there are I, lots of folks that don't know that either. And they don't so. have to stay home. If you have just one thing you want to vote for, go out and vote. Remember the five referendums that we mm-hmm. had? I, ha- I hope that's going to – I mean, Maine always has good turnout. Maine is always one of the states with the highest percentage turnout. So you know, Maine voters are more engaged than a lot of people. But, but uh, yeah, I want people to remember there are the five referendums to vote for also, if, even if there's no candidate on the ballot that you like. You know, I told the governor last night that I had um, – changed my designation and I, and and you know I I thought all my republican friends would shun me but you know what I go to the republican committee meetings I I still talk to all my Republican friends, and they kind of like that I changed my de- – maybe they're trying to get rid of me, Dave. I don't know. Um, but, um, no, you see, you know, because we're a big tent, right? right. So yeah. they're still yeah. – and I'm going to be hanging out at the Republican booth at the Blue Hill Fair. Uh, <laughs> if you're walking around the fair and you want to take a load off and get a drink, come in and talk to us. We love to, we love to talk to you. That's great. That's coming up soon. Remind us your current designation. I'm a libertarian leaning. I'm a Republican leaning libertarian. So I'm in the libertarian party, but I still have a lot of strong Republican values and they kind of line up and they line up really nicely. And that's we were talking before we went on air about ballot access. And that's one of the ways that a party can get access to a ballot in Maine is to sign up a certain number of people in that party. Which is and why so, I did it. Right. So Renee changed to Libertarian so that the Libertarian, so she could help the Libertarian Party get their ballot line. Maine, the Maine Green Independent Party, has had a ballot line for years. And we maintain that with other hoops that we have to jump through. But, um, but different states have different ballot access requirements. And that's why it is so difficult for the um, for third party candidates to get on all 50 mm. ballots is because you know we're st- the Stein campaign is still petitioning in some states. We just got our number of people changing to the Green Party in Delaware so that we can be on the Delaware ballot. That happened this morning. So you know it's it's the the the, the two party duopoly makes the bar pretty high for third parties to so so that's why i think that the ballot access is the, the the ballot line is a good criteria for being in the debates because that that bar has already been so tremendously high that if you're on enough ballots to get the electoral college votes you should be able to be in the debates because you've proven that you have the backing will that uh all those different states be done before the debates? No, actually, there's a debate coming up pretty quick that we're, that there are that there the are 20, ag- the 26th of 26th. September. Yeah, I believe the September 26th debate is oh, the I first one. Oh, I thought there was one think. before that. Is okay. there? I, I think it's okay. September. No, no, they'll probably pretty much all be done by the 26th of September. I'm trying to think. I have all of the states in my district except Rhode Island are done now, so with Delaware having finished off. The, uh, Delaware is now an honorary New England state, just in case you were wondering, because I have New England and Delaware in my <laughs> region. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that's what I thought. I'm, I'm guessing we're going probably going to move on to something else, but I just throw out the comment. I, I think this is an interesting uh, and important topic. I mean, the, the media, the press has such huge power, the TV and, and how who gets on there. And, uh, well, again, this is, the, in this particular case, the media doesn't have the power. That's that's part of the point is that the media can – well, the media has to go along with these rules that are developed by this election commission. Do they have but, to? Who says they have to? Well, that's what we were saying earlier. If they don't, then the candidates drop out. The candid- These are the two main candidates' parties. They need those two. So if they don't play along, then it doesn't matter if uh, the Libertarians and the Greens show up. The if power that they Trump have, don't. though, Amy, this is Betsy, the power that they have is is in the, like I said, l- letting the third-party candidates through the glass ceiling and actually giving letting them, them other giving them air time yeah. so that they can get to 15% in the polls. And, and, and they're that, doing the polls, too. Right. Yeah. right. So they're, it's it's yeah, their it's, polls it's, that matter. Yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah. It, they have a lot of power. There's a lot of but, inside stuff But they have on. that, yeah. 
I keep thinking of things on this subject. Um, what about the uh, the internet, and what about other other ways of doing debates? The uh, watching, you know, the people watching the three major networks is going down and down and down. Are there other? I think they spike for, back up in the for, debates, for, though. For the debate. coverage, the ratings yeah, well, of those the debates are huge. Town. Yeah. And well, has, that, has there any been any talk of someone doing an Internet uh, debate? Well, again, well, you have to have Clinton and Trump participating, and these are the debates that it benefits them to participate in. You're, you're assuming they wouldn't go along with it. I, well, Mr. Trump has made some noises because right. he talks about the rigged system a lot. And That's so right. there is some there's some back and forth, my understanding, at high, fairly high levels between the, the Stein campaign and the Trump campaign to see if – they, if Mr. Trump will, you know, be a man of his word and say and really open up this rigged system to everybody. And so that, well, you know, stay there's, tuned. It there's may There's mention of the rigged system in the Democratic mm-hmm. platform also. I think there's an awareness of this, the riggedness. Yeah, well. <laughs> both uh, sides of the major, not to mention the third Well, the parties. major parties are the ones controlling it. So them talking about it being rigged, I mean, they have control over how it's set up. Um so Anyhow, for whatever the, that's it's worth. It's in the platform that, it, rigging, <laughs> that there are problems of rigging. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's, let's move on to the questions that you all wanted, the things that you all wanted to talk about. Uh, the first one, Ken, this was yours. So I'll let you frame it as a question. It was about long-term goals and visions for the country and the world. How would you frame that to your fellow panelists as a question? I assume it's about what, what they think their candidates' long-term goals are. Yes. Well, and and as individuals, because this isn't uh, this long term view isn't something uh, that gets a lot of attention. So I'm I'm not clear what my candidate's long term view is, uh, but I I'm certainly uh, you know I I don't think they disagree. But uh, uh, so it's it's open to just to get get some big picture subjects on the table was my interest. Well, why don't here. you start? You say you're not sure, but for what Yeah, I don't feel like do I'm know. speaking for uh, necessarily speaking for the Democratic Party. Um, but you know, I think having peace in the world is is one of them. Now you're talking about what you want or what your uh, candidate what I want. wants. I, well, it's what I want, but I think what well, most let's people relate want. this to how. Yeah. Well, if we're going to talk about this, let's to make it about the presidential elections. Um, what about your worldview jives with what you think your candidate will do, or what has your candidate done or said that supports what your worldview is? Maybe that'd be a way that we can tie it in. Uh, Geez, I had something I wrote down here somewhere. Does anybody else I, I want to jump find, in and go yes, first? Yes, please. Some, you, okay. is, is the question I, clear? Is the topic? Let's, let's, let's let hey, uh, Dave go. I want to ask Dave, how's my poker face today? Is it better? Yes. <laughs> very well. The you've listeners been, you've been working may not on be that. aware. We've talked about uh, in the past how everyone's being very civil, but there are times when people are definitely, um, in order to stay civil, kind of white-knuckling it or biting their tongue. So <laughs> they do fantastic job, much better than I could have ever anticipated. So I'm really grateful to all of you for being here. Well, I, you know, I, one thing I, I know, uh, Governor LePage just even locally has said that energy costs in not only just New England, but Maine are just out of this world. Uh, you know, just cost people so much just to eat, to eat their homes, to provide for their electricity. Uh, something that uh, Mr. Trump wants to do is, you know, by lifting some of the restrictions on all sources of American energy, and this kind of turns into a long-term thing, it can increase the GDP by more than $100 billion annually. Uh, add over 500,000 new jobs, increase wages, over $30 billion over the next seven years. So that's a kind of a long-term thing he's thinking of, and it could tie into some of the issues we have in the state. It would increase federal, state, and local tax revenues by almost $6 trillion over four decades. It would increase the total economic activity by more than $20 trillion over the next 40 years. And uh, that's information that's, that you can get from the Institute for Energy Research, if anybody wants to look for that. But those numbers kind of assume that there are any accidents, though. I mean, those are all, if it's all profit and no oil spill, right? right? right. So that's... And yeah, and Dr. Stein talks about the Green New Deal, which is an energy uh, program like the New Deal that FDR started to get us out of the Great Depression. And sh- and her her economists are telling her that if we converted to 
um, all alternative energy by 2030, it would create enough jobs for everyone who wanted one to have one and would really boost the economy quite a bit. Is so that something that could even, I mean, 2030, that's I only know. 14 well, it's years an ambitious, away. you know? It's is like that something that anybody has looked at with it that would even yeah, well, I mean, the, the folks that are advising her have looked at it. And, and they think and, that could be done. And they think it could be done, but it would have to be, you know, we, it, would ha it would mean putting the U.S. on kind of a, a wartime footing, you know, like we did, like we ramped up for the New Deal and we ramped up for World War II. We would need to ramp up to do this, mm. this energy plan. So. And I've watched really smart engineers spend a month trying to fix the phone systems <laughs> here. <laughs> um, on, on this subject, one thing, apparently the solarization of, of homes with mm -hmm. things on the on the roof have uh, has gone much faster than anyone predicted, and I think that may be supporting a prediction of uh, of this time scale. You know, I I love the idea of um, solar energy, uh, and but what I don't love is the idea of government propping it up and government this and government that. You know, I think I think it should stand alone. I think that, you know, the market should determine the, the solar energy rather than the way it is now. And this wind boondoggle we're having here in, in this state is ridiculous. We're not even getting the energy that the windmills produce. Well, part of that boondoggle, I think, was started by uh, the fact that there was legislation passed saying making it wide yeah, open. a portfolio. And they, were, it had to they wanted to put them, yeah. Yes, a certain amount. And it's... Um, well, no, it's the Expedited Wind Power Act that said that we really, really want this, so we're going to just let industry come in and do whatever they want. It removed a lot of the regulations so that industry could come in and expedite wind power, and that, I think, and my understanding of it. We've always exported a lot of our energy. We always have produced, like with hydro energy and stuff, we've always it, it produced more energy than we can use, and so it gets exported, and, that, and we're in some sort of a consortium with northeastern states where yeah but what i'm seeing pooled. is i'm seeing these big big huge wind companies come in they're bribing towns and then they're leveling ridges mountain ridges and i know people on these construction sites and they say it's awful what's happening to our wilderness out there not to mention the birds it's killing let, uh, let me just respond oh. to a listener question real quick. Uh, uh, we have an uh, email about ranked choice. Uh, Bernice in Montville asks if there's any movement to have ranked choice voting on a national level. I think many more people would feel safe in voting their conscience if this were an option. We did talk about the ranked choice voting question on the state ballot about a month or so ago. That shows archived if anybody wants to listen to it. Yeah. Is anyone aware of a national movement toward that? No, but I totally this disagree with the whole concept of what she's saying because I, I am a proponent of, of voting my conscience, and I'm so against ranked choice voting, it's not even funny. I mean, it assumes I have a second choice, and I don't. Well, I well there's say room for you to ha express your opinion and rank choice, isn't there? Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, 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 you, you get you would just vote for one person if that's what you wanted. And yes, so, yes. I mean, that's but I think I think it was designed in order to prevent certain candidates from winning. And I, I just I'm totally against it. It's more designed to uh, it actually. I mean, the Green Party is very much in favor of ranked choice voting because it get, it takes away the spoiler effect and it gives you know it gives the people the opportunity to vote for who they would really like to vote for without being um, without being afraid that they're going to get someone that they really don't want. Well, I think we've already had the discussion. We have, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but, there, but Bernice's specific question is about whether there's any national yeah. movement to that. Is the, the, par the Green Party is very much behind that that idea and and works on it on a national level. And it, but it's a, again, it goes back to the state ballot access and the state ballot rules, and so it ha would have to be done state by state. All right, Ken, did you want to add something? We're, you, we're getting back to you in your original well, question, so before we lose track of that, did you want well, to jump I, in I on that I actually had point? a question for Renee on the, uh, you know, the, the solar energy and the wind energy not having any government support or tax breaks. Is that a principle you would apply to in general, to other industries, such as the oil industry? Yes, I would like it to apply it to every industry. I think everything should stand alone. I think we've gone far and away from the way things should be. So that's the libertarian kind yeah. of viewpoint. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, yeah okay. so the propping up of I'm, I'm anti-statist, <laughs> completely. Anti-statist. Statist. I don't know that term. Sorry. So before we move on to the next topic, though, Ken, this was your question about worldview and how your candidates support it. Did you want to weigh in on that a little bit about your support or your uh, 
thoughts about how Hillary Clinton supports what your worldview is or uh, things that she said that jive with your worldview? Yeah, I mean, a big thing for me is is nonviolence and uh, trying to do away with hateful stuff. And unfortunately, that you know, a lot of that's going on now. The negative uh, negative campaigning. I, uh, you know, she talks about respect for all individuals, whatever their point of view is, and I, uh, you know, that's a long-term principle. I'd like to see a country in a world where we can do what we're trying to do around this table. We can uh, listen to everyone, disagree, tell them we think they're nuts, whatever. But we try to uh, say that, yeah. <laughs> well, we're, we're maybe we'll take the gloves off at some point here. No, uh, we won't. No. <laughs> but but a way to be, you know, without being nasty, you can say. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you I do. mean, I, I can say I think you're. I think. I think you're crazy in what you're thinking, but I respect your right to think it. Can't I say that in a civil way? Can you? You don't have a TV, so you don't know that. that I do have a TV now. Okay, so Mrs. Clinton's, all of her national ads so far have been negative. She started, she came right out of the box, negative against Mr. Trump. So she's also considered to be a very hawkish candidate. So mm. to, to to say that she jives with your... Uh, nonviolence. How does her track record in terms of, and how do you think she would be with the military if she were elected? And how does that jive with the nonviolent view? Well, uh, then uh, you know, I I believe in uh, that we get peace through strength, as I've heard said by uh, Dave earlier. Uh, personally, I I think. Uh, I mean, that's an old principle of any military. Uh, it's not leader. dependent on nonviolence, though. Well, we're in a transitional period. I think to be realistic, if we want to get get to that place, um, there there. But do we really need a military that's twice as big as any other? I mean, it's as it's as big as the next thirteen countries combined. Well, that that's, that's, that's do we sp- really need that I'm kind not, of strength? I'm not sure we need that much strength. The the Trump people think it's not enough. Um, I think it's a huge amount, and I think we're spending way too much on the military. But I do think. You know, I go along with the with the force does bring peace. I mean, by having you know the the military thing is having a superior power and not having to use it because it's clear. Uh, yeah, but that superior is what I'm asking. I, I'm I not mean, debating you on okay, that. Okay, okay. You know, I I think it should. I think we spend way too much on the military. And the idea that it's not strong, I, I think it's a great military. It's it's very strong. They're doing their job, and and their restraint. <coughs> there's a huge amount of restraint. Um, we're not out there carpet bombing Syria. We're not, uh, and 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 restraint has been the key word since 9/11. I I gave the Bush a huge huge points that he wasn't out there saying the kind of things Trump is saying now. It was it was very very reasoned and uh, and one of the things that scares me about uh, the things Trump is saying I mean he's fitting right into what the uh, the radical Islamists want they're trying to they're trying to rouse the ninety eight percent of Muslim population that's totally peaceable but if if uh, if if people respond with draconian measures. Uh, that's exactly what they're hoping for because they, they want to bring on a big fight. Let's let Dave Wade in at that. Well, you know, you said peace through strength. I mean, the Navy has shrunk now from over 500 ships to 272. Uh, our active duty armed forces have shrunk from 2 million in 1991 to about 1. 1.3 million today. Um, Obama's proposed an additional 2017 defense budget. Uh, that cuts nearly 25% from what we were spending in 2011. So we're really not strengthening ourselves to... Well, I, I think you're overlooking the advances in technology and the uh, the fact that, where did I hear, seven, seven soldiers are capable with today's technology of commanding a battlefield the size of Gettysburg. Okay, I'm going to jump in here and just remind <laughs> listeners of what we're listening to and then try to bring this back to the presidential <coughs> election so that both sides have had a chance to address that point that about uh, Trump and Clinton. 
This is Maine Currents. We have about 15 minutes left to the program. I'm still watching email at news at weru.org if anyone would like to email in a question or comment. Also, keeping an eye on the post that's pinned to the top of the WERU Facebook page about the Maine Current Show. Looking in the comment section there if you'd like to ask any questions or make any comments there. My guests in the studio are Betsy Gerald, who's a Green Party Jill Stein supporter, uh, Ken Gleason, who is a Democratic Hillary Clinton supporter, Dave Guglia, who is here with us from the Republican Party, supports Donald Trump, and Renee Trust is a libertarian and not completely committed yet to a candidate. And uh, again, you can jump in with questions via email and Facebook, and hopefully when this group meets again in two weeks, we'll have the phone lines back up. I want to move to the next thing that uh, Betsy had wanted to uh, talk about, which is the shakeup in the campaigns. Do you want to Yeah, I think we've kind of addressed okay. that already, though, earlier in the That's show. Adequate. Been, yeah, yeah we did a little bit. We've talked about it. So. Uh, the next thing that you had mentioned that you would like to have the group discuss was the flooding and fires and the impact of those on the talking points. Sure. I Well, I mean, I just have to get a, a, a plug-in for, for Dr. Stein, who actually went down to the to the uh, the flooded areas in Louisiana and spent a day helping folks get the um, the resources that they needed and passing out water, the campaign passed out, you know, water and, and just really being on the ground, truly helping people. Um, and, and then did a press conference about what she saw when she got back to DC. And it was pretty, it was pretty moving. The, the live videos that were on Facebook were, it's pretty sad what's happening down there. Right. And Mr. Trump and Governor Pence went down uh, just as soon as they could clear their schedules, brought down track trailer load of stuff. Mr. Trump donated $100,000 immediately uh, with no sign from the current administration or the Democratic candidate. Um, President Obama has since been down there and uh, received his quote-unquote hero's welcome of showing up. Um, probably too little too late, but still uh, not really much from the Clinton camp. Is that – did you – mean to talk about their reaction or the well yeah just what the fact that well and to. and of course you know then jill has has uh, has used it as a jumping off point to talk about climate change and the the fires in you know that the fires in the west and the floods in louisiana are just the beginning of what we're going to see as the climate becomes more and more turbulent because of our continued dependence on fossil fuels and and that was what the press conference at the at the uh uh, at the press club in D.C. was about, was talking uh, about, you know, the real on-the-ground effects of climate change on people's lives and these folks that were having to gut out their houses in Louisiana because of the 500-year f- the flooding that has now happened, what, twice in the last decade or something like that, so. Anyone else want to jump in, weigh in on that? Have you... Um, do you have anything to say as a Clinton supporter about her response or lack of response or or her stance on climate change or any of these related topics? Can well, I, th- I think she's strongly on the for climate change, for long-term solution to these problems. I don't know where she is on getting on the bandwagon of showing up down there, which uh, is pretty, you know, to be cynical, it's, uh, it's an easy thing to do, to bandstand and show up. Um, I, and I don't know what the facts are about their participation. Okay. Renee, anything from the lib- No, okay. Uh, the next uh, topic was how quickly the election is. <laughs> this is wishful thinking, how quickly the election is approaching. Quickly, but maybe not quickly enough. And uh, what are the various campaigns doing to ramp up to, to election day? Yeah, we talked a little bit about this. You know, Dave talked about the people that have been hired um, in Maine, and and uh, and I was talking about the 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 Stein campaign and how uh, how we're ramping up to um, to have a good ground game in all 50 states, um, and it's happening. It's happening while I'm sitting here. I'm sure so. So what, what's happening in, in Maine in terms of the Stein campaign? Sure. Are there well, headquarters we have, in any? Yes. Um, we have <coughs> a state coordinator. Her name is Jackie Devineau. She's down in Portland, and she is um, setting up an office in Portland. We have a, the, um, my state coordinator in Vermont's name is Dan 
Marathu, and he, I'm trying to learn everybody's name, and he is setting up an office in Burlington, and then uh, we have a, a part-time person, um, Jamie, down in Massachusetts, and the, the uh, campaign headquarters may be moving to Massachusetts soon from Madison, Wisconsin, um, and then Greg in Rhode Island. I'm still looking for folks in New Hampshire, Connecticut, and Delaware. And what are volunteers doing? Are, do you have people sure. like doing phone banks? Or mm -hmm. yeah, we're 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 we've got a million call goal between now and the election, and that's uh, that's ramping up. That's gonna we're gonna start rolling out the phone banking next week. Um, in September, Dr. Stein will be doing a campus tour of New England, starting in Vermont, coming to Maine going to Massachusetts, and then we'll be down in Delaware and D.C., and then coming back through to do Connecticut and Rhode Island. Um, I'll be hopping on the Jill train for that, so I'll be um, following her down to D.C. and then coming back to Massachusetts. Um, and we have um, volunteer events all over Massachusetts on the next few days where, where we're um, recruiting volunteers. They're doing public events to recruit volunteers. Um, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot going on, and in in my region. And then I just was on a call two days ago <laughs> with all the other regional coordinators, and they're doing uh, you know similar things in in their in their areas. So, okay. Ken, do you want to go next? I I don't know if you're involved in any sort of official capacity as a volunteer with the Hillary Clinton campaign, but do you have any comments or thoughts about how she and her campaign are ramping up? to the election day. I'm going to pass on this one. I just haven't been tuned into that station lately. Okay. Dave. Sure. Well, I, you know, I think, you know, uh, Betsy mentioned, you know, all, all the additions in Maine. I mean, Mr. Trump's really running this whole campaign like a business, uh, completely different than <coughs> most any candidate has done in quite a long time, probably since, as far as I can remember, Ross Perot. Um, he's not taking any state, any electoral vote for, for granted. He's putting people everywhere that he thinks that there's even just a slim chance, which I think does two things. I mean, past campaigns have just completely overlooked states or congressional districts. Uh, Mitt Romney in Maine, uh, you know, even in Hancock County, it was nearly impossible to get anything Mitt Romney related uh, to provide for people who are interested in voting for like him. Like signs and like stickers Like signs and, and stickers, and, you know, I mean, all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, those pipelines are, are yeah. tough. Yeah, um, but I mean, we've, we've already... Uh, Renee was saying she she spoke with the chair of the Hancock County Republicans, Sandy Blanchett. Saw her last night at that uh, thing in Augusta, that fundraiser, and she's already got 200 Trump signs. I mean, so this, these things are coming out. You know what I mean? So it's, I mean, then I think that does a lot for uh, you might say morale even. That you know your your presidential candidate, no matter who they are, whether they're Jill Stein or Gary Johnson or Donald Trump. I mean, you know they're interested this time. They want everybody involved. They want everybody to get out there and vote. So are there storefront offices and volunteers phone banking and stuff in local areas? In around? Hancock County, they will be just after the Blue Hill Fair. Uh, it'll be next to Frank Pearson's optical shop right on Main Street. That'll be the Hancock County headquarters. Hancock County and Blue Hill? No, in Ellsworth, I'm sorry. Ellsworth, no, okay. right, on, right on Main Street in <coughs> Ellsworth. Um, like I said, sometime just after the fair, we've already had an agreement uh, with Mr. Rossborough. He's going he's gonna to rent the space to us. Um, so that'll be your Hancock County representation right there, is right there on Main Street. People could stop in, like I said, Did sometime after. Did you just after. say Ross Perot owns that no, place? Mr. Rossborough. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I thought I heard Rossborough okay. too, but I knew it. The headphones that aren't that loud today. <laughs> and uh, so... Um, the, you know, anytime after the, that opens, people can start coming in and getting the stuff, and, and I'm sure we'll be able to get more. Uh, we've also ordered our own signs, uh, Hancock County Republicans, so we'll, we should have plenty of gear for people this year. And did you mention the Made in USA t-shirts? Yes, yeah, I just, I had just uh, got, had the email while we were sitting here, and I had to approve the, the Made in Maine t-shirts will be coming. Right, right now we've ordered 40, and we will have a pay-to-play option uh, that you could pre-order. Um, see us at the Blue Hill Fair or at the headquarters when it opens. All right, and Renee. <clears throat> Hi. Um, is it all right if I speak to some a couple of campaigns more local that I'm directly involved with, rather than? Yeah, we have um, about five minutes left. Okay. Of the program, well, so tonight, length, um, tonight, uh, your congressman Bruce Poliquin will be at Ellsworth City Hall between the hours of six and seven thirty p.m. to host a roundtable discussion about the. Um, unpredictable enforcement of commercial activities within the, in the intertidal zones in and around Ac Acadia. 
Uh, let's see. He's hoping that you could join him to share your perspective on this important issue and other federal issues that limit the sustainability and growth of your industry and the paychecks it supports. So I would urge anyone who harvests um, worms, clams, or periwinkles and seaweed to attend that and have your voice heard. The congressman wants to hear from you and take this information back to Washington. You're saying that people are having their their stuff I'm saying that I'm dumped s- in yes, the water Yes, I'm saying <coughs> park workers who have no authority at all. I mean, because um, fisheries are regulated by the states. They're, they've been seizing harvests and dumping people's livelihood on the ground. And that is completely wrong. And um, Mr. Pollockwin is standing up for this. So give the when and where that meeting one more time in case anybody This evening, it. Ellsworth City Hall, 6 o'clock. Um, you know, just be there. The other campaign that I'm directly involved with is for a terrific candidate for Maine Legislature. You're going to um, see signs pop up very soon for, and this is for the district that represents Ellsworth and Trenton. His name is Dr. Dave, and he's going to be a brilliant legislature legislator. And um, you know, and I'm and I'm getting right behind him because he's libertarian-minded. He's a Republican, um, but he has some. He's a he's an anesthesiologist, and he has some fantastic ideas for saving money in the medical field and to to uh, rein in the insurance in industry. All right. So um, <clears throat> I urge you to look into his campaign. He's knocking on doors every day. Okay. Well, we're going to have to leave it there. We are out of time. Um, We did have one more question, though, that I'm going to give all of you for homework assignment for the next time. Okay. We'll be talking about the marijuana legalization item on the uh, ballot, so we won't have a lot of time to devote to this. But maybe in the go-round next time you can address this question that just came in, which is uh, asking if each of you would make a brief comment about your party's vice presidential candidates. And that's a good one. That's from uh, Lynn Williams. We haven't talked about that yet, so we will try to get to that next time. Lynn, thanks for the question. And uh, we are out of time for today. I want to again thank our guests today, Betsy Gerald for the Green Party, Dave Gulia, Donald Trump supporter from the Republican Party, Ken Gleason, who is here supporting uh, Hillary Clinton, and Renee Trust, who is a libertarian. Uh, Tim Wilson will be back with us when we meet again in a couple weeks. And we want to also thank John Greenman for engineering. And Bruce and Joel, who are just scrambling around behind the scenes working on little doodads and technical parts that would just completely blow your mind, all this stuff that people have taken apart and are working on here, people working very, very hard to help the station recover after the lightning strike. We also want to thank all of you who supported us a couple weeks ago during our uh, pledge drive because your support makes it possible. Next week, we have planned a debate on the topic of voting for the lesser of two evils. We'll have two guests in the studio who uh, want to discuss that. Rob Crowther, and he's a journalist, and Rob Shetterly, author and activist and artist that many of you know from the area. Both of those names should be familiar to a lot of people. And we will hopefully be able to take your calls as well. And then the week after that, as I said, this group will be meeting again to talk about the the marijuana legalization ballot issue. Stay tuned. We've got Democracy Now! coming up next and Jazz Straight Ahead with Larry Stahlberg after that. Join us here every Wednesday at 4 o'clock for Maine Currents, independent local news, views, and culture. I'm your host, Amy Brown. Thanks for listening and keep it here on WERU-FM 89.9 Blue Hill, 99.9 Bangor, and streaming online at WERU.org. And let's take a quick look at the weather. We count uh, for Thursday, high of 77, low of 65, 10% chance of rain. On Friday, 82 degrees is a high, 59 is a low. We have a 20% chance of rain on Friday. And on Saturday, we look for a high of 78 degrees, 55 is a low. Looks like a nice no-rain day on Saturday. 10% chance on Sunday, 73 is a high. And uh, 58 degrees as a low. You're listening to WERU-FM 89.9 in Blue Hill, 99.9 in Bangor, and streaming at WERU.org. We are listener-supported, we're volunteer-powered, and we are a voice of many voices. Support for WERU comes from our listeners and from Maine Farmland Trust, presenting Agarian Acts, a traveling dinner and concert series with Adam Nordell and friends, 
August 25th through 27th in Portland, Unity, and Blue Hill. Tickets and info at mainfarmlandtrust.org. This is Dr. John Hunt for Pet Sounds 2.0, coming to you at 10 a.m. every fourth Thursday of the month. This will be a live call-in show in which I will interview guests covering all aspects of pets and pet care and anything animals. This is Dr. John Hunt for Pet Sounds 2.0, coming to you at 10 a.m. on every fourth Thursday of the month on WERU. Support for WERU comes from Easterly Wine of Belfast, Maine, an independent enterprise that supports free speech, democracy, and independent media. The 5 o'clock hour-long edition of Democracy Now! is recorded each weekday morning at 8, at which time listeners can hear the live Democracy Now! 